This episode is proudly sponsored by Independent Unit Management, offering comprehensive property services trusted by over 8,000 property owners. IUM enhance, manage and protect New South Wales properties statewide, ensuring you have the power to protect not only your individual investment, but the collective strata asset. We're very thankful for Jeff at IUM for being the founding sponsor of MyPeak. Contact Jeff and the team of strata managers at ium.com.au. Today's episode is also proudly sponsored by property law firm DMC Lawyers. DMC is offering 10% off for all MyPeak community members. They're a local law firm operating out of Gregory Hills, specializing in commercial leasing and commercial and residential conveyancing. Dino is also an invested MyPeak member. Contact Dean and the team at DMC Lawyers on 0456 970 507. Let's get into it. G'day and welcome back to the MyPeak podcast. We're athlete coaches specializing in cricket through holistic development. We focus on you as a whole to reach your peak performance. My peak stands for pre-elite athlete creation. In this podcast, we give you the tools to transform from the pre-elite to the elite. How are you, mate? G'day, Cameron. Good to be here, mate. Another exciting episode today. Why don't you tell the listeners what we're diving into? Today, we are diving into three ways that we can learn whilst succeeding. So today's podcast is all about, I think a phrase you hear often is learning from failure, but today's podcast is all about learning when we're doing well and understanding what we're doing well in order to make it happen a little bit more consistently. Yeah, someone who's probably learning from their successes at the moment is David Warner, isn't he on fire? Yeah, it's crazy. He's turned his career, well, it's funny that we say this, I was actually thinking about this, I was just about to say he's turned his career around, <laughs> like he had lost the plot but mm, mm. his numbers are just phenomenal so it's a bit of a disservice saying to someone of his caliber that he's turned his career around but his back half of his uh odi career here is just phenomenal if you look at the records he's breaking like it puts him in almost his his own league like he's yeah. passing some of the greatest players of all time in um like numbers, most scores yeah. over 150 in odis or most hundreds in World Cup, and I think what's so cool about his stats at the moment is, um, like we're talking about records that are being broken in World Cups, so like in pressure matches. Yeah, big I'm games. sure there's always pressure playing for your country, but none bigger than the World Cup stage. Yeah, yeah, and he's just relishing those Indian conditions, isn't he? Which is what was it? Was there a T20 World Cup there recently? When did uh, Australia recently play? Or was it just a series? We won the World. We won the T20 World Cup. We're the champions at the moment. Yeah. Was, we, that wasn't in India. We just played in India. Like, we played yeah. three-match series before. And he struggled. I think that's what I'm thinking of. And I was a bit like, well, if he can't do it in these conditions, then this could be the end of him. Well, he's proved that wrong, hasn't he? Well, my question to you is, obviously, today is about learning from successes. And he's on fire at the moment, as are a few of the Aussie boys. Do you actually think he's doing much learning or do you think he's already figured out his formula pretty much and he's just going out and repeating that over and over again? Or do you think he's still learning even through all the cricket he's played, he's still trying to find new ways to keep improving? I think if you asked him that question, he would. any cricketer at that level would say they're always learning. But I think for to my eyes, he looks like he's just going back to what he did at the well, almost when he first cracked onto the scene. And I think it's a lot of trust for him at this stage. There was a period there where he was almost just trying to, like, guts innings out and mm, make it work. Mm. And it wasn't looking as effective, but he was still sort of playing some sort of role at the top of the order. But now he's just gone back to 
hitting the ball. Yeah, yeah, getting but getting in different positions that he did at the start, like picking balls up that are hitting the top of off stump yeah, and hitting yeah. them over fine leg for six yeah, and yeah, yeah. backward square leg for six. You haven't seen that for a long time and obviously these wickets that he's playing on are batter friendly and there's some very high scores, but I think for him it's going back to what he's good at and it's a good question off the back of today's podcast and just understanding what he's good at and applying it in as many ways as he can. How do you think he's come out of it? I'm interested to hear your thoughts here because he has struggled a little bit, really, the last few years, um, You know, particularly in Test cricket. Do you think that he's gone out and gone, well, this is probably my last World Cup, take the pressure off, just enjoy? Like, mm. is he just enjoying his cricket again? Is he, you know, maybe taking the pressure off knowing that he's, you know, one of the most successful players in the history of cricket. He knows he's reached the end of his career or getting close to it. And it's just about going out and enjoying himself now. How do you think he's got back into this groove that we were so used to sort of, you know, his late 20s, early 30s? Well, it's definitely his last World Cup. So he doesn't, he wouldn't be kidding himself thinking he's going to go around again in four years time. But yeah, I'm not sure to be honest. Like I think he's someone that seems to enjoy his cricket no matter well, even when he is failing, like mm. you remember him walking off from Stuart Broad, nicking him off for fun, and he still had a smile on his face, and that kind of frustrated a lot of Australians watching him walk off smiling after averaging, I think he averaged seven in one of the Ashes <laughs> series. Mm. So I think it's he's always enjoyed his cricket, but he's probably just getting the right conditions and understanding, like I said, trusting himself a bit more and executing in those conditions that he knows that he can do it in. Yeah, good. I like it. Thanks for your insight, Cameron. Yeah, he threw that on me a bit there. But <laughs> I like it because he is someone that has succeeded for a long period of time and had to yeah, definitely. adapt to these conditions. But the advice we're going to be touching on today, like we said, is learning while succeeding. So we've got three different topics or three different ways that we're going to talk about today. And the first one is something that we're very passionate about here at My Peak, and that is reflecting after your performance whether that's game day or training but reflecting after performance did you do much reflecting in your career Cameron oh nowhere near as much as what I should have or what I would recommend to someone in a situation that I was in when I was playing but probably informally I did but not I would never write it down and make a process around reflecting which I think would make a huge difference looking back on my playing career and Mm. Hence why I love coaching so much because I know that these things would have helped me enormously and they're things that could help youngsters out there enormously. What about you? Uh, You were a lot better at this, actually. I got better at it probably in my last three years because I think you and I became super aware of it. But I was still doing... benefit of it. Yeah, I was still doing a lot of guessing. Um, I wasn't really sure what I was reflecting on. I was sort of writing things down that maybe I wanted to work on during the week or things that worked in the game or processes that I thought were helping me be a bit more consistent. I didn't really have a process to the reflection, um, which is not a bad thing. Just bloating things down um, on paper can often just be a good way to get things out of your system. So I think we're definitely more refined on it now. I think, um, yeah, like you, Cameron, if I was playing now um, and doing the things that um, I wish I was doing more of. I, I really think it, it would help me immensely, but that's that's what we're here to do, pass down this info to our, to our younger athletes. And if you are someone that does do a reflection, a handwritten reflection after the game, some questions that you might be able to add in there to, 
I reckon a lot of people would be very good at learning from their failures at the moment, like we said at the start of the episode, and reflecting on how they could have done things better, which is awesome, something that we deeply encourage here at My Peak as well. But just little questions like, what did I do well today? What are, You might put a number there. What are two things, three things that I did well today? Where could I utilize these moving forward? So in future situations or conditions or environments of a game, how could I utilize these more often? And then something that I think I learned at the back end of my career that I wish I learned at the start is identifying what other players in your game of cricket did, did well or are doing well as well. So that could be teammates that are in similar roles, oppositions. If you're an opening batsman, what did the other openers perhaps do really well that you could have done a little bit better that day? And starting to learn from these things that people are doing well and finding whether it's the process around it which we'll touch on later or just understanding what the actual uh, strategy involved was yeah I just think it's so easy for us as athletes to always question when things aren't going right because you know we obviously feel that pressure and we want to get into that you know mode of performance but often we find ourselves just riding a wave when we're in form rather than actually being intentional around what we're doing well. If I look back on times where I was successful, probably most successful was between sort of 16 and 18 for me. Like I never stopped and thought, well, why is this actually working? I think so often I I remember a bit of a lean period between 18 and 20 and I was always asking myself, you know, why, why am I not, you know, being successful? What can I do better? What isn't working? But never did I even think about questioning why things are going right? So I think it's really important that we um, that we take this intentionally and start actually writing these things down, whether it's you know what we're doing well at training, during the week, preparation, in the game, because as soon as you find yourself out of form a little bit, you've got something to refer back to. Okay, yes, I remember I was doing that. I've probably moved away from that a little bit. Let's be a bit more intentional this week, see how that plays out. And I think a lot of teams do it well like you do it as a collective as a team like in the mid innings of a game you would often talk about or they ran between the wickets really well or let they let the ball go really well or they fielded really well whatever it is but rarely do we actually do it on an individual level and break down perhaps what you your teammates or like i said even the opposition did really well and how you can apply that to your own game moving forward yeah i think the one i think about too is when you found a formula, how repeatable is it? Are you actually aware of what you're doing? So this is why the reflection is so important because when you start to see consistent success and you know, you're know you not always going to be super consistent in cricket, but somewhat consistent, what is the formula that you've been repeating? When does that formula start? You know, How does that look? Is, you know, is there certain adaptations to that formula? Is there you know, um, a slight veer here depending on who's bowling or a slight veer there depending on the conditions? Whatever it might be, I think it's super important that when we find success, um, this reflection is going to help us outline a formula that's repeatable. It's You want something put in place that you can start to work your way through because you just know, okay, just like instructions, if you follow these instructions, you're going to you know, have this desk build at the end of the instructions, whatever it might be. Similar, you want to be doing something that's repeatable. I think often we might reflect, we might have some sort of idea, but we don't always have the formula that helps us be successful long term. Absolutely. That brings us on to our second way that we can learn while succeeding, and it's all around processes and game plans. So Mm. like Geordie's touching on there, I think having these formulas, game plans, processes, it gives us something to fall back on whilst we're reflecting. 
if we've got almost a starting point, we're not going to have that same starting point every game if it's different conditions and opposition and whatnot. But if we have a same starting point, when we do these reflections, we can actually reference back to this point and make that a lot easier to reflect on rather than having no processes or little processes and just going out and almost trying to guess as you go. It can be really hard to reflect on what you actually did or your intentions were prior to performance that day. So having these game plans and processes gives you this reference point when you do start your reflection. It's like, where did I go well in that point? And Mm. off the other side, where could I have done better? But more importantly today, where did it actually go right? Do you think that it is 100% accountability on us to come up with these things? Or do you think in a team environment, we should be communicating with our coaches more? Should they be making us aware of the things we're doing well? You know, is it purely on the athlete to get these things right? Or should we go seeking, you know, this formula from, you know, I know you touched on learning from teammates, but I'm I'm, I'm talking more about sitting down intentionally and saying, guys, what are you seeing that I'm doing well? Or coach is saying, look, Cam, what you did well against, you know, that spinner today in these conditions, I think that's something we can repeat moving forward. I think that works really well for you. Or do you just think it's purely an athlete thing? Well, I think it's both. It's definitely starts from within. If you're not, if you're waiting for someone else to tell you, then you're probably going to limit your opportunities for this learning. So it's definitely has to come within. It's that that intrinsic motivation we talk about Mm. in our My Peak characteristics. So it's definitely coming within. And one of those intrinsic motivation traits is actually to plan and uh, prioritize your own performance too so it definitely starts from within and you need to identify these things first but then having a bit of after you've got a bit of accountability having a bit more courage to ask other people and get um, external feedback yeah and different eyes as well could be your coach it could be um, you're playing up a grade and you've got a different captain or down a grade a different captain as well whatever it might be just having new eyes can give you a a little bit of a variety in what people might see in your game as well which can help and it might not help but any sort of new feedback can be something that you take on board and then it's up to you whether you want to rinse and repeat or if it's something that you might refer back to later on in your career beautiful sounds good to me so the third thing we're going to talk about here it kind of ties both of these two in together and it's all around self-talk so like we said we very important we learn from our failures but often when we're thinking about things that didn't go well it's often the negative things we did and how we can improve on them next time but when we're thinking about the positive things we did well it's just going to lead to a little bit more positive self-talk and this is more explicit like in the moment when you're out there in the game so things like adapting to conditions, new bowlers come on, new batters walk out, mm. um, having a long and short boundary and you're at different ends um, facing different bowlers, whatever it might be. If you're constantly thinking about what you're doing well, I strongly believe that you're more likely to keep doing these things really well. It's a lot easier to do something when you're thinking about it and often when we're thinking about things they happen more automatically. So while we're actually performing really well and gaining a bit of an understanding about what we're actually doing really well, the more likely it is to happen again in the future and more consistently in the future as well. Yeah, I think you could not have said that any better, Cam. I I think it's a pretty well-known fact now that the things the brain um, is focusing on are the things that sort of usually come to fruition. So 
we often talk about um, batters not talking about or hoping not to get out, etc., etc. But transforming that mindset into actually thinking about the things you're doing well just means that you know you're ready to execute those things when the opportunity presents itself, which I think is is super important. And you know, if you talk to any sort of sports psych at the moment, you know they'll use examples and tell you not to think about things, and you know all of a sudden those things pop into your mind. So if we can start to limit that negative you know, reflection and, and it's important to learn from our failures, but start to focus on the things we're doing well. I just think not only are we ready to pounce when those opportunities present, but it just, it's an inbuilt confidence when we start to think about the things we're doing well too. And we know that confidence is uh, sort of the roadmap to performance in sports. So yeah, it's sort of a, a double down there, isn't it? You sort of get to um, see more opportunities for things you do well, but you're also just more confident as well. Yeah. And it, Going even further on for that, I think it brings you back to the present moment a little mm. bit. Like you even think about the language you use when you're thinking about these things you're doing well. It's like I am. It's all of these present moments. It's not. Yeah, that's good. I'm um, thinking. I like, will. Or, I will, or I should have, or I could have. Definitely. Or next time I will. Like a lot of those are past or future, which is like we said, it's still very important and things that we encourage you to do. But I think the theme of today is just trying to bring more awareness about. Uh, the benefits it can have if you are actually focusing on the things that are going really well and drawing your attention to like we said the processes or the formulas or the game plans around that and just creating more awareness for what you're doing in order to like I said earlier make it happen more often and more consistently I think that's good I guess the question Cam for those that are like this is all really good I want to get into my reflection I want to start doing these things not really sure how what's the first step that you would suggest that athletes do to help them get better at reflecting positively yeah well it's definitely the like having a like we said a process around it so having questions to answer after a game or Mm. training like i said earlier more around performance so if you can get even if it only starts with two or three questions you do it might build up to having five or six questions that give yourself a bit of a reflection after uh, you perform and then the second part is having like we said a game plan going into the game so mm. giving yourself a reference point so you can reflect on it after the game like i said if you don't go in there with a plan it's very hard to reflect on what you did well not knowing what you actually intended on doing so building a game plan and that can be a very simple game plan like little things like going out to bat and just getting off strike and getting the set batter on strike and after the game it can be much easier to reflect on what you did well in order for that to happen rather than not having that game plan going out so they don't have to be super extravagant or uh, game changing game plans Mm. but just having something that that you can go into the game with so after the game you can refer back to that and understand how you executed that really well to make it easier to execute in the future yeah and i think having a resource to write these things down in is super important as well and you know, creating habits around these things, you're going to have to be consistent to be successful long term. So, you know, having you know a journal or some sort of uh, paper or diary or something in your kit, um, something that you see regularly will just prompt you to pick it up and write. You know, if you say, "Oh yeah, got my diary at home in my desk drawer that I never open," it's it's totally different when you see the actual resource. Your brain goes, "Yep." I need to get that up. I need to start writing. I've got some things to work through. So make sure whatever you're doing your reflection in is visible. You see it regularly um, and it's just going to keep you accountable to that reflection. And we speak about it a lot here at My Peak. We set 
most of our athletes or all of our athletes up for long-term success not short-term so um you know these things are powerful over season after season after season not you know it's not something you're just going to do three or four times and see a result definitely all right before we sign out here brownie who's winning the world cup Oh, actually, before we do sign out, Cameron, holistic tip of the week. Oh, yes. I almost forgot about that. Now, last week you would have heard me speak about um, dealing with pre-game nerves. So there was four ways um, to help stay a little calmer and a little more positive moving into the game. So if you haven't listened to that uh, episode yet, go back and, and have a listen if that's something that tickles your fancy. But What do you got for us today, Brown Dog? Well, today is... Probably two of my favorite things, Cameron. Number one, preparation. <laughs> I love preparation. Being prepared and organized is um, something or a characteristic that I like to repeat regularly. And, and the second thing here is nutrition, something that I'm very passionate about. So um, actually stems off the back of I was at reps on Sunday um, and I had prepared a breakfast for the next day, the night before. I love doing things the night before, taking the stress obviously out of game day and uh I made some overnight chia seeds. Oh. So, in line with our uh, resource Did pack, you get a raise here at my peak? Did you? A raise? <laughs> Where are you? What's that about? Cash. Oh, cash, right. No, chia seeds are expensive. No, that's a delicacy. Um, yeah, so in line with the resource pack, you rattled me there a little bit. I wish I got a raise. <laughs> um, in line with our resource pack, we spoke a little bit about trying to get more protein and fiber but protein obviously um not always from our animal sources so um overnight chia seeds and preparation getting it done the night before it's like a cold porridge if you put honey or maple syrup in it, it's absolutely delicious um especially in summer when it's hot taking it out of the fridge and having it in the morning uh on the way to the game uh it's chia pudding isn't it yeah chia pudding essentially it's absolutely delicious and it's so high in fiber it's ridiculous omega-3s plus protein so what do you add blueberries nuts you can add literally you anything you like yeah if you want to make it super simple literally just throw chia seeds in like an old honey like jar or jam jar or something pour whatever milk you want in it obviously we talk about um like soy milks or almond milks or if you've got full cream milk i like to call it cow's milk <laughs> would you not give uh, oat milk a plug yeah in? oat milk is the obvious one i just thought people would recognize that pop it in the fridge overnight the next morning you've got this beautiful uh nutritious cold breakfast ready to rock and roll uh you're preparing the night before taking the stress out of game day and um you get a delicious nutritious meal ready for match day so that is my holistic tip of the week cameron great stuff brown dog and thank you brother just before you go though i do want you to give your insights on who you think the world cup winner will be all right well this one goes out to um a couple of teachers at broughton anglican college who were not around australia early doors after our couple of losses i don't think they were the only ones they weren't and i was i was very bullish on everyone remaining calm because we played two very good teams early doors i said new zealand always get a little bit nervous when they played us so i was confident there and we all know England has been very ordinary. So, <laughs> look, if we play India in the semi, I'm not confident. If we play India in the final, I'm confident. It's that we should play, well, provided Australia and India both win their semis. I don't think Australia going to finish fourth. No, so I'm hoping uh, we make it to the final. If we make it to the final and play India, which I think will be the case, I think we'll be able to get that done. Wow, that's a massive... I just ball. think, especially if they go through the tournament without losing... A home final in India, like that's a lot of pressure on the yeah, players. Yeah. We're not expected to win that. 
um, we will be the underdogs. And as Aussies, we love being the underdogs. That is correct. All right. I like it, Brown Dog. I think it will also be an India-Australia GF. Oh, I just don't know if anyone can beat India at the moment. But If you look back on the round game, and obviously we talk about peaking at the right time and we want to peak at the end of the tournament, not the beginning. If we don't drop that catch of Virat Kohli, it goes very, very close. Mm. We go very close to winning that game and Travis Head didn't play. Um, David Warner obviously didn't have the confidence um, quite as what he's got now. So I just feel like we're getting better. I'm not saying India are getting worse, but us at our best is very scary. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just, yeah, definitely. I agree. I just don't think we can overcome if they play all three of their gun spinners. I don't think it's just game over. Warner and Head. <laughs> just take them down, hopefully. All right. Thanks for joining us on the My Peak Podcast, and we will catch you next episode.